Welcome to Machine Learning, How the World Works. I want to talk about isolation forest. Okay, so let's take a person, a kid who's 12 years old. He's 160 centimeters tall and weighs 190 uh, pounds. Would you classify this individual as an outlier? Well, I would. Now, one of the things that isolation forest does for us is it allows us to do multivariant analysis. So we can look at multiple variables and from those two or more attributes, we can determine if there's um, a anomalous behavior in that data. Now, the attributes by themselves may not be anomalous. So, for example, someone being 160 centimeters might by itself not be anomalous. That might be a, uh, considered an average height. But combining the height and the width together, that, might, uh, that attribute might be anomalous. Okay, so the nodes in which there's no further branching or splitting are called leaves in the isolation forest. Every time a new split occurs, a new depth level is added to the tree. Now, think of isolation forest as kind of this random splitting and partitioning, looking for anomalies in that partition. Um, and so from that standpoint of this kind of random dis, uh, splitting and branching, you, it can find the anomalies quicker. So iTree selects a random feature of the data points and selects random split between the minimum and maximum values of the feature at each depth level. Since outliers leave a large gap between inliers and outliers, the outlier occurrence is more likely to occur in the gap. Okay, so we can take our data, our data, let's say we're looking at Airbnb data and we're looking at price prediction. Okay, so we take the different multiple features and we uh, create our iForest instance and then we predict against it. We fit and predict and that'll give us the labels. Now, remember I was saying the, in the previous podcast, we can find out the outliers by doing labels equals one, equal, equal one. Outliers are marked with a one, whereas inliers are marked with a zero. That's in the fit predict by the iForest. Um, if we then do the filter against the data where labels equals one, then we can get the our we can find out what our outliers are. Now, if we look at this, I remember we said iForest is a random uh, partitioning of the data, and it's doing branching and splitting, and the leaves are the um, branches and and splits where um, there's no more dividing. We go, there's another feature in their parameters called contamination. A contamination percent of 10 means we are selecting the top 
labeled as outliers by our scores. So if we say contamination equals 0 0.5, then we're looking at um, that percentage. N estimators is the number of trees. We use more trees for higher dimensional sets, meaning higher dimensional features, more features. The default for the N estimators is 100. And from that, we can then get um, our max samples and our max features. Now, the isolation forest tree grows in a randomized fashion. It splits randomly between the min and max. Um, they grow growth until it grows until all points are isolated or a maximum depth is reached. So you can set those parameters on how how deep you you want to go. One of the disadvantages of iForest is that it takes up a lot of resource in order to span across all the data points, and that's why you would have a maximum depth. Uh, there might be a certain point where the return is uh, sufficient. iForest is very efficient with large data sets. Supervised learning models rely on metrics like RMSE or log loss. Outlier detection is an unsupervised learning process. Okay, so we if we take our iForest and set our con parameter contamination equals 0 0.05, that means 5% contamination. Uh, we'll fit it against our cells data, and then we'll set another uh, iForest, and we'll set its estimators at 1,000, so it's gonna use 1,000 trees, and then we'll fit the data there. We then can hyper, we can then um, uh, evaluate our data by using the model fit predict and based on the fit predict we can then calculate our mean squared error and we can return that back to um, we can find our outliers by labels equals zero and we can then also use that to find our mean squared error. And the way we would find our mean squared error is we'll use the linear regression and we'll fit that against our data. Uh, we'll do a train test split and we'll take our inlier data um, and we'll, we'll split that and then we'll put it through linear regression and then we'll get our predictions on the X test, and then we can feed that into mean squared error and we get the RMSE value. Now, um, that will give us a score. So we'll, we'll set different contamination layers levels. We'll pass that into the iForest type so we'll run the list of uh, contamination values, feed that into iForest as contamination. Um, 
evaluate the classifier to find the um, outliers. Well, in this case, we want the inliers because we're, we'll do labels equals zero. So we'll get the inliers and then feed the inliers into the regressor and get a score. And then we can plot out those scores. So that's one way to hyper uh, tune your data. We can also do the same process for n estimators and we can find out you know which number of estimators best uh, fits our data. We can also do this with max features and max samples and we can get their scores that way. Contamination creates uncertainty. We manually explore the found outliers to ensure that they are truly outliers. Um, we can get their probability and we can isolate the probabilities of the outliers. Now when we look at the probability scores of only outliers by using new labels attribute, we isolate the outliers probability into outliers probs and print out the first 10. Um, in the first not first and nine lines, we see the probabilities inliers and outliers are almost equal. This means our model was on the fence whether those data points were outliers or not. So we can, um, we can do something like abandoning contamination and deal with max features and then get our probabilities and get the probabilities of our outliers. And then we can say the outliers have to be greater than a certain probability. We can be more confident than those outliers based on that probability are true outliers. Um, and so like if we raise the probability to 70%, we get more confidence that they are truly outliers. Now you don't want to raise the probability so high that you get no um, potential outliers because you want to look through each one of the outliers and investigate it if they are truly are outliers or if they have uh, some feature in their in their in the multivariate set that can't be uh, correlated as an outlier. So. We haven't talked about pruning the features, but it might you may want to try that with your iteration and hypertuning. Also looking at what features give you the most uh, true positives for for actual outliers, because there might be uh, you want to try to eliminate the noise in the network, and because the noise in the network can cause accuracy to decrease.